0: Show me the way to go home. That is Uncle Luke. That You know, the Gospel of Luke's message. Here's the way to go home. Luke found the way to go home, and Luke is sharing with everybody the way to go home. Because that's what you do when you meet up with Jesus, and when you meet up with Jesus' friends. Anyhow, in this next scene, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, BFF. That's right. Best friends forever. Best friends have great stories. And best friends often start out with some silly moment that creates a huge bond. And best friends know when it's time to be serious with one another. BFF. Best friends forever. It's God's idea. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. Come on in. Let's check it out together. To the biblical channel. So glad you're here. Why? Because we like people to have good stories. Good stories are the essence of life. God knows that more than anybody. And so we, like any other Christian that's ever come into the storyline of Jesus Christ, you know that this story's got to be told. So we just encourage people to read their Bibles well. That's all you got to do. Read it well. And sometimes reading it on your own isn't the best idea read it well by, you know, getting some good people together to talk about the Bible. So read your Bible, say your prayers and get together, talk about God, work it out, man. We need good stuff to talk about. God knows we've got enough bad stuff to talk about. We need the good stuff to fill in the gaps. We talk about bad stuff too much. So we're just trying to talk about the best story that's ever been played. And that is God's story. And the best stories You know, always have, you know, you know, drama and action and love, love that makes you do crazy things, you know, uh, love that makes you root for underdogs, you know, all of that is the substance of great stories. And the Bible has nothing to apologize for. In fact, the Bible sets the standards for what a good story looks like. Well, anyhow, great stories have openings that suck you in, a middle that keeps you there, and a nail-biting ending that leaves you smiling. And yes, indeed, good stories also involve the miraculous. There's always something miraculous that happens in life, so we shouldn't be surprised that God, too, in telling a good story and putting together a good story, playing out a good story, would have some miracles, you know, the extraordinary stuff of life. And so God is giving us the good stuff. He's not making it weird. It's magic, you know, but it's magical without the magic. You know, that's what God does with his miracles. Anyhow, we've got a great, you know, scene and a segment to take a look at here because it's all about friendship. And friendship is God's idea. Best friends forever is God's idea because it starts with God. That's right. And Jesus plays this thing out masterfully with a guy by the name of well, Simon, we later, we'll call him Peter. We'll get to that uh, later on. But here we go. We're going to jump into uh, this. But before we do, we're going to uh, pray like Jesus' mom teaches us how to pray. And that is, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He's looked on the humble estate of his servant. He who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He shows strength with his arm, scattering the proud in their thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, exalted the humble estate, and filled the hungry with good things. The rich he sends away empty-handed. Yes, indeed. And Jesus teaches us how to pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Aye, ah, there's the rub. Well, anyhow, come on in. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. Um, we're going to read it because that's what we do. Let's read the story and then let's talk about it the way we should talk about it. Let's take away what we should take away. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked them to pull out a little bit from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out uh, into the deep waters uh, and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and the nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me. I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. All right. It's probably a story that you've heard before. Um, It's one of the more popular Christian stories. But let's make sure that we get out of the story what we should be getting out of it. Let's make sure that we're just not reading it too quick and passing up on some of the tenderest, sweetest moments that we've got going on here. And let's remember some of the bigger ideas that we have to always be remembering. So let's get started with this thing. Number one, um, it is very clear that Jesus has just begun his ministry, and his ministry is really about teaching. So on another occasion, the crowd is pressing in on Jesus. Why? To hear the word of God. So yes, indeed, we already know that Jesus is doing miraculous things. But the substance of what people are astonished at is his teaching. Because what he is teaching is refreshing for them. It's it's empowering to them. It's uplifting to them. And what is Jesus teaching? None other than the word of God, the Hebrew Bible. He is teaching it in a way that the religious establishment simply hadn't been teaching it, but they should have been. So Jesus comes on the scene basically teaching the Hebrew Bible the way that it's supposed to be. And when he teaches it the way it's supposed to be, people's eyes are open, their hearts leap with joy, and people are like, "Man, that is and then. And then of course Jesus is backing up his powerful authoritative preaching and teaching on the word of God by actually doing miraculous things. He is ridding all demonic things from people's presence he is ridding all sickness from people's presence so yeah it's miraculous and i'm not embarrassed about that because if god is going to show 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 turn up then i want the miraculous i want god to be able to do miracles i don't know if i want god if he can't do miracles do you follow my logic like come on man if you're going to be talking about god I, you know We ought to be able to see the miracles. But it can't be weird either. Because, you know, I can't do miracles. And when other people say they do miracles, well, that seems weird. But it's not weird when God does miracles. And guess what? The miracles that Jesus does, that God does throughout, no matter where you are in the Bible, they always back up the message, the word of God, the preaching and the teaching that is going on. Okay, so that is the opening scene. And we got to clarify that in our brain. Jesus' primary activity was teaching the word of God. He spoke and people listened. And they listened because it was good stuff. That's what we do when we hear good stuff. Wow, what a concept. People actually listening to other people talking. I teach uh, uh, middle school. I'm telling you, I'm nervous. I'm afraid because it seems like asking people to listen. The young people, to listen, it's almost an impossible task. I don't know. Maybe that's because their parents can't listen either. I suspect that's the problem. Not the kids, the parents, my age, my people. We can't listen. We got trouble ahead of us if we can't listen. Anyhow, Jesus has big audiences because they can listen. Note to us, what a concept. Anyhow, so the story. The story is easy to pass by and to take nothing away from it the story where Jesus is standing by the lake. But here's the funny bit, and it is funny. He's standing by the lake, and he sees two boats. And I think we can imply that he knows whose boats they are, because he can probably see the fishermen that are washing up their nets. And he sees, now there's Simon. I know him. I healed his mother-in-law. And I want that guy to be in my fold. I want that guy. So I'm going to go to him. And, and don't let, you know, I mean, you got to, the details are right there in front of us, right, right there for us to see. He sees these two boats and he decides, he decides as the fishermen are washing up their nets outside of these boats, he decides to get in one and to use one. Now, that right off the bat, this is very playful, very funny stuff. Because a fisherman who has been fishing and has now come ashore is whoop, but tired. I mean, they're, they're wrung out. They're, they're spent. And a good fisherman always tidies up the boat and gets it ready for the next day. You don't tidy it up the next day. The next time you go out, you get it ready to go out the next day. Cause Hey man, you might hear, you know, of a good catch going on and you don't want to miss it. So anyhow, you're talking about guys, men, real men, and, and these fishermen, these are real men. These are not sissy men. These are not the pansies of today. You know, I'm a pansy compared to these guys. Um, But anyhow, so these guys are, you know, getting their nets washed off and they're preparing the boat because they are done. They're spent. Their tongue is on the ground. They're panting. They've had enough. And Jesus, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. Jesus comes along. He's like, hey, I want to use your boat. They have got to be thinking in their minds. Oh, my God. Which would be funny if they were thinking it, right? Oh my God, this guy's for real! What a jerk! What a jerk, man! Can't you see we're cleaning up? We are spent. We're exhausted. But he does know these guys, and these guys know of him as well. We are already told that 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 Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, Simon's mother-in-law. And, and so he knows these guys and, and, you know, and I think that they're probably all in all pretty impressed with Jesus, but they're not really impressed with Jesus. They're not so impressed with Jesus that they're just, you know, cheering Jesus on when he says at the end of a very long fishing trip and at the end of cleaning up the boats, Hey, let me use your boat. Row me out a little bit. These guys have got to be like, Oh, biting their tongues you know tongue-in-cheek okay jesus yeah okay we'll be the nice guys here you know i mean you know teach away you know and man they're blue-collar workers they're not ready for a sit-down bible talk just you know this is the natural world that jesus is in so anyhow he does he sits in the boat and i you know there's simon like okay yeah well you know i and i i bet you simon thinks he's a good teacher but he's exhausted, he's a human being, he's like, come on, brother, you know, so he wraps this thing up, and I'm, I'm sure Peter is thinking to himself, oh, good, 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 you know, you can always tell the end of a talk, right, and when the end of the talk, people start getting, <laughs> like, okay, let's go, you know, my kids, you know, in, in, cl- in the classroom, start packing up, you know, a minute, the, you know, so anyhow, you can always kind of tell when things are winding up, you know, and I expect Peter's like, oh, thank God, we can get out of here now, and just when, you know, He thinks that it's time to wrap this show up. Um, Jesus, you know, another good Bible talk, another good crowd, you know, but Peter wants to go home, get some supper, you know, and he's all right. We know in the story, he hasn't caught nothing. so, So he's ready to go. And anyhow, that's when Jesus says, hey, tell you what, why don't you row me out a little further? Let's row out and let's drop the nets. Oh my gosh. If you can't see the humor in that, that Jesus is just really messing with these guys. I mean, Jesus is literally messing with these guys. He knows they're they're ready to pack it up. He knows they're exhausted. He knows they're at their you know end of their trip and ready to just go home, put the feet up, you know, put them in some Epsom salts or you know all of that stuff. I mean, these guys are so ready. And if you know a blue collar worker, you know what they're like at the end of the shift or the day or whatever the case might be. You know they are plum whumped. Okay, so that's when Jesus says, "Push me out a little bit. Let's let's go fishing," and Peter's like, mm. I, "I bet he just wants to slap him. Really, I bet he wants to slap him." And he says, "Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. So not to mention is this exhausting work, but they took nothing. So it's frustrating work. So so Jesus, he's he knows he's pushing these guys to the brink." He said, and but you know, again, Peter with clenched teeth, I imagine, says, "But at your word, I will let down the nets." Ay, caramba! I caramba! Well, anyhow, so of course we know the rest of the story. He drops down the nets, and then there's this, you know, miraculous catching of fish. So much fish that it practically sinks two boats. You know, is there some some uh, you know good storytelling there? Yeah, you bet. So these two, you know. The one boat that they went out on ain't enough to bring these fish home. It, it, they fill two boats up, you know, with, with the fish that, the, that are in these nets. And and of course, of course, the energy comes back with these guys. And as the energy comes back, and maybe the moment fades just a, sl- a, a tiny amount, Peter, Peter has an astonishing revelation. And the astonishing revelation is: oh my god you see authority wins i got news for you ladies and gentlemen authority wins when jesus commands the fish of the sea to get into peter's nets peter gets it do you it's not a party trick jesus has just shown that not only does he have power over evil and not only does he have power over sickness but he actually has power over the fish of the sea. Peter gets it. Do you? Jesus is his Lord. Jesus is straight from God. Peter gets it, man. And Peter, you know, being raised a good, you know, boy in, in a Hebrew home, I'm sure, uh, remembers, you know, Isaiah's, you know, words, you know, Woe, is may have unclean lips, you know, that kind of thing. And and Peter says, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. He was absolutely astonished. So were James and, and John. They're absolutely astonished at what they just saw. But don't miss what they just saw and what they now get. Jesus commands the power of the earth. Jesus has dominion over creation. So the evil and the sickness, it's possible that people, you know, play that off. Peter, what he sees here, you can't play it off. You can't play this off. It's very clear. Jesus has authority and Jesus wins. And so Peter, knowing that he is in the presence of God, says one thing. I am a sinful man. You would be right to leave get in and leave me here. He sees god and jesus for who they are he sees himself for who he is and and so here's the reality check here for all of us these are peter's words to jesus and peter will be jesus bff for the rest of his life and jesus will bring peter in as his bff for the rest of his life peter and jesus are great friends that's what the gospels tell us all four gospels portray peter as the one who is closest to jesus and then the 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 other apostles you know play around with peter by you know there's john john busts peter's chops in his own gospel by saying that he's the one that jesus loved the most because he well, you know so when you hear that in john's gospel they're but they're all busting peter's chops because he was the closest one to jesus you know they had a close relationship, but don't get me wrong. John had a close relationship with him too. All of the apostles, everybody that Jesus knew had a close relationship with him. Peter is is on view. Peter allows himself in the story to demonstrate that he has a very close relationship to Jesus, but he also allows himself to be made fun of. He allows himself to be on view as not getting it He allows himself to, to, you know, be be shown to be a fool at times. But make no mistake, the God who controls the fish of the sea has just made a BFF in Peter. And Peter has a BFF in God. And, And just like good friends do, BFFs, You know they have great fun stories, and I imagine this always being a funny story. I imagine Peter sent you know always talking about how frustrated he was that when he when Jesus asked him to move that boat out and then to go out further and go fishing for the night and then to you know to see what happened next. I imagine he told that story a thousand times, maybe two thousand times, maybe ten thousand times. I don't know, but it's a great story. And so great friends have great stories when you know stories of how they meet, and when they met. And they also have a moment where they can, they know that it's time to be serious. And Peter hits that place where he says, oh my God, it's time to be serious. You are straight from God, Jesus. Jay, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. I do not deserve you. And if these are your words, they are my words. And many Christians have come to grips with, these are their words. When you say those words and mean those words as your own words, when you think about God and tell God in your prayer to depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. When you recognize who you are and who God is, that's the sweet spot where God will always be your BFF. You see, in this moment of confession, Jesus will never let Peter go and Peter will never let Jesus go. And in this same moment for us, when we have that moment where we absolutely pray to God and say, depart from me for I am a sinner, O Lord, we can be assured that God is right there with us and will never let us go. If Jesus were not god if peter wasn't thinking that jesus was straight from god that he was just some sort of good jew he would have never accepted this jesus would have ne- if if jesus were not god he would have never accepted this kind of language from peter he would have said don't say that because i'm not god but jesus absorbs it peter is treating jesus like god because jesus is acting like God. A lot of smarty pants, a lot of fun suckers will say, well, Jesus never said he was God. Oh yes, he does. And this is one of those moments. And if you don't get it, if you can't read between the lines, if you can't see the scene for what it is, if you can't see that Jesus is accepting Peter's God talk about himself, well then, my friend, you're just not into good stories because that's what's going on here. And, and also, as the scene folds down, we see that not only has Peter Peter been sucked into this story, but so are now James and John. And at the end of it all, they leave everything to follow Jesus because they see Jesus for what he is. If you are looking, and, and, and if you're looking at the creator of the universe, there's nothing worth keeping a hold of. And so they let it all go. And Jesus says, to Peter who, you know, seems to be afraid. He said, "Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching men." Why? Because he's God's BFF now. Jesus makes Peter God's BFF and James God's BFF and John God's BFF. And why is this the you know, why is the Bible the best story ever played? Because it's about God. It's about God who has dominion over the the fish of the sea. But at the same time, it's about God who invites us to be BFFs with him. That, ladies and gentlemen, is extraordinary. This story is not about Peter. This is about me and you. And this is about how God is. That God is so big that he actually has the creation under his fingertips. But yet he is also so intimate and so concerned that he is inviting you and me like he invited Peter and James and John and Mary and and, and all of the cast and crew to be BFFs. You see, God's BFFs, just like we find out here, turn into hunters and fishers for men running wild on the planet, That are without God. And that's what we do now because we are confronted with the reality of who God is and who we are, just like Peter was confronted with that reality. And we learn in that reality that God is infinitely large and in control and that God is infinitely small and concerned about each and every one of us. Ladies and gentlemen, man, you can't make a story better than that. That couldn't appeal to me more i love it i'm thankful for it and of course the fun suckers you know i go back in history and, and i read how the the romans when they finally figured out who the christians were that they were not jews that they were a little different you know and they jumped in to figure out what are they on about they they came away saying this stuff's ridiculous these people actually believe that god is omnipresent that he's that he's in control of everything. They believe in one God who is responsible for everything and knows everything, but yet this same God, and this is the Romans laughing, the Romans laughing, they said the same God had to come down to earth so he could check things out. That don't make no sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense if you're a fun sucker, but it makes sense to me if you're a blue collar, kind of average, ordinary guy, just like Peter, and just like me, and just like most people I've ever met this story becomes electrifying this story becomes motivating this story makes me a hunter and a fisher of men men who are just running wild on the planet because they don't have god they're without god and they need they need to be found and we hope that they do find them but ladies and gentlemen bff man it's always god's idea god has all the best ideas and that's how this story ends we'll catch you next time Thank <music>